1: Republicans are predicting the Democrats will face some political blowback for holding up new funding for the Paycheck Protection Program.
2: Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina says businesses are desperate to stay afloat and keep their workers employed. We are averaging about $20 billion in loan requests a day.
3: One reason he tells the Salem radio network Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats will face backlash for holding up the new funding.
2: I believe she's going to pay a serious political consequence for it. More importantly businesses will end up suffering the consequences.
3: Funding ran dry last week, meaning no new loans until Democrats sign on to the GOP request for an additional $250 billion. Bob Agnew reporting. The federal judges
1: blocked Kansas from limiting attendance at in-person religious worship services or activities to 10 or fewer congregation members. This is SRN News.
3: This is Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities. During times of crisis, this radio station will continue to be a reliable source of news and information. We take this very seriously and ask that you continue to stand behind not only our station by listening every day, but by continuing to do business with our local marketing partners. It's because of their support that we can be a beacon of strength when our culture needs it the most. Visit this station's website to learn more or call us at
4: 651-405-8800.
5: Right now is a tricky time for small businesses, but we want to help guide you through this tough process. So join us on Wednesday the 22nd and Friday the 24th for a free webinar with small business marketing and advising experts. There are four convenient times for you to join us, so register today at am1280thepatriot.com. Just past 1 o'clock on this Sunday, take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. Sunny with a high of 49, and we got hour one Brad Carlson show of the Narn starting right now on The Patriot.
3: You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to leave a tweet, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag show, Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in as we are week two from the home studio thanks always uh, for your support and uh, uh do, do you do you notice that during these television commercials now during these unprecedented times well during these unprecedented times <laughs> we continue uh we appreciate you uh, helping us try to move uh, for, forward as uh, as normally as we possibly can uh Jason i don't imagine it's much different for you i mean you're doing business as usual but uh you know you're still uh, hanging in and uh, producing the show and it's just you can't, there's no one on the other side of the glass. That's kind of, it's kind of weird. Yeah. be a feature, not a bunker. Yeah.
5: That, it's a little bit lonely right now. I'll admit, uh, down here <laughs> in the Patriot bunker all by myself. Uh, but you know what? I got Andrew Parker coming in at four o'clock today, so at least I get to see him. And you know what? I'll take what we can get because in these uncertain times, Brad, this is the kind of sacrifices we have to make.
3: Well, a friend of mine uh, had... Um he, on a Facebook post this week, he would uh, said, you know, these uh, commercials have turned into, you know, you know, before the uh, pandemic, it was buy our products. Now it's <laughs> like, in these tough, uncertain times, buy our products. And I know. So it's kind of turned into that. It's, uh, it's, of course, yeah, you know, to be fair.
5: Yeah, it's driving me crazy. I was say, a lot of these
3: businesses, a lot of these businesses, they are, you know, trying to help, uh, help others, help our citizens out during the, during these difficult times and mm-hmm. that, Hey, a portion of all purchases goes to this charitable endeavor, that charitable endeavor. So in all honesty, I certainly applaud them because these businesses, I don't care how big or small you are. You're taking a hit. There's no doubt about it. And the fact that some of these businesses are willing to, you know, show faith that we're going to get through this and uh, we will come out on the other side of this COVID-19 pandemic uh, is, is a good thing. But, what what we will come back to is anybody's guess. I mean, the uh, untold damage and consequences of shutting down uh, the world's prosperous uh, economies uh, for the better part of the months. That's going to leave one lasting impacts, and we're already seeing uh, depression type of uh, jobless numbers. But we'll get into all of that certainly because. Each and every week, you can pretty much rely upon the fact that we're going to be talking about COVID-19 in some way, shape, or form. And we'll we'll certainly get to that uh, this hour and a little more next hour with our guest, Peter Johnson of Archway Defense. He'll be on right at 2 o'clock. But I want to get some politics. Joe Biden has been the presumptive nominee for some time now. And all the other shoes are starting to drop. He's starting to secure... Uh, the endorsements of all of his former Democrat opponents and his former boss, President Barack Obama. In fact, just this past week, uh, this is from RealClearPolitics. dot com. President Obama endorsed Joe Biden for president in a web video he released on Tuesday. He noted Biden's leadership on health care, climate change, and the 2008 recovery, of which we didn't really recover till they the nearly the end of their presidency about eight years but <clears throat> i don't and said he believes that biden is the person who can heal the country in the wake of covid 19 outbreak as long as joe is awake uh, which <laughs> is suspect these days uh, i'm so proud of, or <clears throat> i'm sorry i to put on my obama voice. i'm so proud to endorse joe by to be president of the united states uh, choosing joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions i ever made and he became a good friend And I believe Joe has all the qualities we need in a president right now. To which I ask, what took you so long to endorse him? I mean, this is just, this is the path of least resistance, no profile and courage whatsoever. He waited until literally every other candidate was gone, including Bernie Sanders, who was pretty much the front runner along with Biden until Super Tuesday when Biden pretty much sewed up the nomination, and only after Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist, endorsed Joe Biden, did, his, did Biden's former boss come in and say, yeah, you know, I think Joe's the right guy. He's a, he became a good friend. Well, what? What took you so long? You know, it, it, to me, this is just bandwagon syndrome at its finest. And here's another, here's another thing that some people may not be considering. How decimated did Obama leave the Democrat Party? After his administration. In the eight years he was president, okay, in the elections where he wasn't running, so obviously uh, Obama ran initially for president in 2008, ran for re election in 2012. But you look at all of the other elections when Obama was president, you had the 2010, 2014 midterms and the 2016 presidential election. The Democrats were wiped out, okay, between state legislative seats. Governor's offices and congressional seats, the Republicans had a net gain of close to a thousand during Obama's tenure in the White House. Think about that again this this comprises again all state legislatures, governors' offices, and congress right when When Obama was elected in two thousand and eighty for a time, he had a supermajority, and by the time he left. Okay, it was a swing, I believe, of uh, about 14 seats in the Senate. Uh, it was, gosh, I, I think it was a swing, maybe 70, 80 seats in the House, U.S. House, and then again you throw in state legislatures and, and governors' offices. So, what I'm thinking is, does Biden really even want the endorsement? To 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 be perfectly honest, given the way Obama, the Democrat Party, has been decimated under. Uh, Obama's leadership, and I believe it, someone mentioned this at, shortly after the 2016 presidential election, it was, the Democrat Party was in the worst shape in terms of number of seats held across the country since, like, the Great Depression. 90 years. 85 to 90 years. So, uh, again, not not a real profile and courage for, for Barack Obama, but uh, I don't know that it's a, a, a highly coveted endorsement uh, nonetheless. Uh, we'll continue to read President Obama's quote. Uh, Joe was there as we rebuilt from the Great Recession and rescued the American auto industry. Um, Have they ever paid the federal government back for those bailouts? As of today, I don't know about that. Uh, He was the one asking what every policy would do for the middle class, and everyone's striving to get into the middle class. Translation, uh, upper 1% of income earners can go pound sand, but that's... Typical Democrat-class warfare, so that's really not a news story. Uh, with President Obama on our team, we're going to unite our party and restore the soul of the nation. Together, we will defeat Donald Trump, the campaign said. So, uh, again, no surprise, uh, President Obama once so decided to throw his weight uh, behind Joe Biden. And, you know, again, I'd be curious to know why he waited so long. Was, it, was, it, was he afraid that... Uh, his his endorsement of Joe saying during when there were t- like twenty different Democrat candidates for president, he afraid that his endorsement wouldn't matter that Biden would lose a nomination if would, Obama would have the proverbial egg in his face. Was he? I set for life, you know, just to hang out in his uh, in his big house on the East Coast. Well, so I I don't know I don't know why that's such a, such an important lesson, but. Whatever and uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, she finally uh, gave up too and endorsed Biden. Guests from the Hill dot com. Senator Elizabeth Warren formally endorsed Joe Biden on Wednesday, making her the last of the former vice president's one-time rivals to back him as the Democratic presidential nominee. The Massachusetts senator and former presidential candidate announced her endorsement in an email to supporters, saying there was too much at stake, to hold out any longer. Uh, I don't do a very good Focahontas imitation, but I'll do my best. Joe Biden spent nearly his entire life in public service, Warren said. He knows that a government run with integrity, competence, and heart will save lives and save livelihoods, and we can't afford to let Donald Trump continue to endanger the lives and livelihoods of every American. I wonder if she used that same cadence like when she used it or some speeches. I don't know. I gave it a shot. Uh, Warren's endorsement is the latest sign that the De- Democrat Party is coming together behind Biden as he prepares to take on President Trump in November. It also continues a string of high profile endorsements for the former VP. On Monday, just five days after he ended his own presidential Canada campaign, uh, Bernie Sanders came out in support of Biden during a surprise appearance on one of the former vice president's campaign live streams. Now, what's interesting about this is is uh Pocahontas and uh Biden they were off, they were often going after each other because Elizabeth Warren was vying for the far left part of the uh ticket or far left part of the candidates you know she said, she basically felt that she mirrored Bernie Sanders as far as you know be far left progressive and that Biden was uh way too moderate Well, uh, you know, so there was a lot of sniping uh, between the um, uh, back and forth. And uh, she and of course, she was asked about that. It's like, wow, you're so visceral and going after each other during these debates. And now why the pivot here? And uh, she basically said, of course, there's so much at stake. We have to defeat Donald Trump in November. And look, this happens every presidential election cycle. Candidates running for the same party nomination will go hard after each other. But once all the dust settles and it becomes clear there is a front-runner, a lot of the candidates will coalesce and get behind the winner of the nomination. Now, one glaring exception, of course, was Donald Trump. In 2016, I I don't think uh, Jeb Bush ever came out and supported Trump. Uh, Ted Cruz, of course, his infamous speech at the Republican National Convention in 2016, basically telling people to, to vote their conscience. And then a month or two later said, you know, there's so much at stake, we can't allow Hillary Clinton to be president. So it was kind of a tacit endorsement of Trump. So this happens all the time. So I don't think this is anything scandalous. You can go back to the beginning of presidential nominations, you know, party nominations, and you would see a lot of the same dynamic, that you have candidates sniping each other, just visceral in their rhetoric toward each other. But at the end of the day, they say, look, it's it's incumbent that we defeat the other party. So therefore this isn't our favorite choice, but it's the right choice. So uh, uh, what, what's the old saying uh, perfect is the, is the uh, enemy of good enough something along those lines. I don't know. I, I get my quotes uh, goofed up uh, quite often, but the point is this is really no surprise. They're coalescing behind Joe Biden. And now it sets up the general election matchup, And I just, Just saw a, um, there was a Pew uh, poll that came out that showed that Biden nationally over Trump has a two-point lead, which nationally, national polls are worthless because we elect a president via the Electoral College. So what is really important is state-by-state, particularly swing states, and in swing states, which is... Pretty much Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, North Carolina. They pretty much decided the race in 2016. Swing states, Trump has a two-point lead, whereas in national polls, Biden has a two-point lead, according to to these Pew surveys. And again, there's always a margin for error of a couple of points. So what we're seeing right now is it's a, it's a dead heat. And, you know, the normal caveat, six and a half months till Election Day, but... A lot can change in that time frame. So Joe Biden is the presumptive Democrat nominee, but that doesn't mean that his path is free and clear. But the media is going to be sure to attempt to remove all obstacles in Joe Biden's path. What am I talking about? When we come back, we'll talk about that in the second segment. And take your phone calls 651 289 4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
0: If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors... You must try Genesis 950. Thanks to Genesis 950, I can have guests in my home without the shame of pet stains and odors. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. All pet owners should have Genesis 950 on hand. I can even use it in my carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for my family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner but genesis 950 is not just for pet stains it's great for floors bathrooms kitchens garages oil and grease stains wheels tires degreasing engines and upholstery it's available on amazon however if you order a gallon direct at genesis950.com you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code salem that's genesis950.com genesis950.com
1: relief factor pain relief that's natural pain relief that works and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain i've come from the doctor's clinic this morning 28 staples out of my knee and i am not taking painkillers why because i don't need to I'm taking Relief Factor. Yes, it's a triple dose, but it doesn't have any negative side effects. And I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at ReliefFactor.com. And then order your three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. That's less than a dollar a day. That's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Go right now. relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. This is your opportunity to be the next success story.
4: It pays to be kind when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness that you can do for others. On May 2nd, you could win $5,000, and a deserving organization will also receive $5,000 in your name. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter. So go to am1280thepatriot.com and click on the Kindness Challenge to enter. You can be rewarded for simple acts of kindness. Keep on loving.
3: Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in in via Twitter Twitter at hashtag Narnshow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Narn show show for any comments or questions. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. A lot to get to on today's broadcast. We mentioned uh, initially, or at least in the uh, first segment, that Joe Biden has pretty much had all of the Democrats coalesced behind him, all of his former opponents for the Democrat nomination for president, including far leftists Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, have endorsed Biden's candidacy for president. Barack Obama has as well. As soon as every single solitary candidate has fallen aside, he decided uh, to come out and endorse his former vice president, definitely a profile, in courage, uh, but one thing that we are seeing is how the media is already gearing up to be in the tank for the Democrat presidential candidate. And again, this is nothing new. This is something we've seen for well, is my entire adult life as long as, long as I, I've been. A, I was first eligible to vote for president back in nineteen eighty eight, and I have seen the media coverage and how it has favored. Democrats. And it's going to be that way this time around. And they're just being much more obvious about it and having no scintilla of shame, even though they try to draw distinctions. What am I talking about? Well, a former staffer, a junior staffer who worked for then Senator Joe Biden back in the early 90s, a lady by the name of Tara Reed, has alleged that Joe Biden sexually assaulted her back in the early 90s, 1993, I think was the time frame back when Tara Reid was in her late 20s. She's 56 years old now and living in California. And this is supposed to be a layup for leftists, because remember how the leftists proclaim that we are to believe all women, all women who say they have been sexually harassed, sexually assaulted. We are to believe all women, full stop. And this all started back in 2016, where Hillary Clinton decided she was going to carry the, the torch for uh, sexual assault survivors. And she put on her campaign website that all women, you know, women who are coming out with allegations Of sexual assault. We're here to support you. We believe you. Your stories deserve to be heard. Now, this was a total political calculation. That's not to say, you know, I'm not as down on Hillary Clinton as some people are. Yeah, she is very cold and calculating and very callous politically, but I'm not here to say that she doesn't care one iota about sexual assault victims. She only cares about the right ones, okay? And maybe I am saying she's cold and calculating and all that. Well, I don't know. But the point is that she put this on her website, and it was very obvious where she was going with this. There were several women who were ready to come forward to tell their story about Donald Trump sexually harassing them, sexually assaulting them. And then, of course, this was exacerbated a month before the election when the Access Hollywood tape came out of Trump talking about how— you know, one way to pick up women is to grab them by their nether regions, okay? And that, so it was all a calculation. Well, Hillary Clinton started getting questions about several of her husband's accusers, well-known accusers that came out in the early 90s when Bill Clinton was running for president. You know, obviously the most infamous one is uh, Juanita Broderick in the Seventies, she alleged that Bill Clinton sexually assaulted her in a hotel room while she was working on his gubernatorial campaign. Then, of course, you've had Paula Jones, Kathleen Willey. Uh, Bill Clinton admitted to having an extramarital affair with uh, Jennifer Flowers. So it. But Bill Clinton was basically the Teflon, man. It just fell right off of him. But nevertheless, Hillary Clinton, is she's not as artful a politician as her husband was, so she was starting to get peppered with questions. Well, Mrs. Clinton, you're saying here, believe all women, but um, I got to tell you, that doesn't really square the circle with when your husband was running for president and you had all these women alleging uh, nefarious behavior, to say the least. What's up with all that? Well, well, they didn't really have a very um, corroborating evidence or very credible evidence. Wait a minute, but, but, but your standard is believe women, full stop. So how is it different here? Well, we know how it's different. And magically, that excerpt about believing all women, we're here for you, we believe you, we support you, that disappeared from Hillary Clinton's campaign website. Imagine that. Imagine that. Well, probably the most uh, egregious. Uh, well, first of all, before I get to that, then a year later came the uh Harvey Weinstein uh allegations. Remember Harvey Weinstein big Hollywood producer where there were several women who claimed to have been harassed and assaulted by him. And it was, uh, you know, all part of the casting couch and back back in the day it was looked at as part of doing business. Well, it got to the point where women were starting to stand up, and rightly so, and say, no more. If you have been taken advantage of or oppressed by a powerful man in a high-profile industry, we want to hear your story, and you, you are here to be heard. And hence started the hashtag Me Too. And I thought it was very effective in that it was holding powerful men accountable. Because it was a, it was a message to say you are no longer going to get away with this. This is no longer acceptable behavior. This is no longer a part of doing business. This is a twenty first century. You don't get to do this anymore. And for that, I, what, you, how could you be anything but a one hundred percent unabashed supporter of such a movement? Because it's despicable. Anybody in a powerful position taking advantage of anybody else. I, you know, whether it's male female dynamic, male and male dynamic, female female, whatever. Okay, but it just so happened that it was pervasive in these high profile industries, and you had a lot of high profile men in very high profile industries, you know, being called in the carpet and stepping away from their jobs. I mean Matt Lauer at the Today show, uh, Charlie Rose, CBS News this morning, just to just to name a couple of them, okay, and obviously the big one was uh, was Harvey Weinstein. but then the problem was, as with anything, in a social or cultural context, is it gets politicized and used as a cudgel against your political opponents. And we saw this, well, what did, well, it didn't stop Trump, because Trump obviously ended up being elected president. But then when Trump was going to get a second Supreme Court pick, remember his members first Supreme Court pick, Neil Gorsuch, was put through because the... Republicans in the Senate invoked the nuclear option because the Democrats were filibustering a very mainstream nominee in Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch was uh, unanimously confirmed to a federal uh, appointment back in 2005, 2006. And many of the same Democrat senators who voted to confirm him were still sitting in the U.S. Senate in 2017, particularly big names like Chuck Schumer. Uh, Pat leakey Leahy, Dick Durbin, all still in the Senate. But all of a sudden, Neil Gorsuch, well, well, he's he's not a mainstream nominee. Really? What, What changed in 10 years? Well, we know what changed. It was Trump. This was all part of a resistance to Trump. They were going to stop Trump any way possible. And so what they did is they filibustered a very mainstream nominee. And here's the thing. He was replacing someone of the same legal constructionist ilk in Judge Antonin Scalia. Because, of course, Justice Scalia passed away in early 2016. Mitch McConnell held the seat open, said the next president will fill it. Whomever the next president will be, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, turned out to be a Republican. And really, it was a lateral move as far as ideology. Now, the difference is Judge Scalia, I believe, was in his late 70s. I think he was in his early 80s when he passed away. So he didn't have... But maybe a decade at the most remaining because it's a lifetime appointment. Whereas Neil Gorsuch was, I don't even think he was quite 50 years old yet. Maybe he had just turned 50, I'm not sure. But the point is, it's a lifetime appointment. He's probably got a good 20, 30 years on the bench. So there is that difference. I get it. But at the end of the day, it was a very lateral move in judicial philosophy. But what they, so the Democrats, it would have behooved them to allow Gorsuch to get through. But again, this was all about resisting Trump. But when their second judicial nominee came out, uh, when they, when Trump got a second judicial nominee in Brett Kavanaugh, that's when the long knives came out, and that's when the Me Too uh, movement was really politicized. We'll get back to that and take your phone calls as well. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
6: Attention, hardworking Americans that pay too much in taxes. How would you like to get an extra $5,000 back from your prior year's tax returns? Family Tax will take your filed tax returns for the last three years and analyze them. We are experts at finding hidden credits and deductions other tax companies miss. Even if you've already filed, it's never too late. We guarantee that the IRS will send you back at least $5,000 or our services are free. If you get a paycheck from your job. You make at least $30,000 a year. Call right now and learn how you can get an extra $5,000 back from the IRS from your
4: past three years of tax returns. Make this guaranteed free call now. 800-250-4079. 800-250-4079. 800-250-4079. That's 800-250-4079. Pro-life across America The Billboard people Dad, guess what? What? In an era of fake news and
3: misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting, townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we're also here to take your phone calls,
2: 651-289-4488.
3: And feel free to weigh in by Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag show, And go to Facebook.com and do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and follow our page if you haven't done so already. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And we do have a, uh, a caller on the line. Larry from Bloomington has been very patient uh, waiting through the break. Uh, Larry, thanks so much for holding on. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead.
2: Hey, very good. You're on fire today. The closer is on fire. I really enjoy the points that you just made. It's amazing how the, the left only cares about what the women say about these sexual things when it involves a Republican in some way. It's a, It's a double standard that kind of sucks, if you ask me.
3: Um, yeah, no question, and, it's, and they're making it very obvious. So uh, yeah, they, we but we yeah. appreciate the uh, appreciate the kind words, Larry.
2: But, but um, the the the, po- the reason I called is last week. I called your show just because I was so frustrated with the governor and golf, and and uh, you must have a lot of pull, Brad, because we're going to be playing <laughs> golf on Wednesday. And uh, yes, I really appreciate that. I don't know what uh, leverage or whatever you had or whatever happened with people, but uh, a lot of my friends at the place that we play and I have been calling and writing to the governor and our legislators, and uh, they got common sense, and uh, so we're going to get playing golf. So I just wanted to call and say thanks for putting me on the air last week so I could get that message. I don't know if it helped or not, but it sure didn't hurt nothing.
3: Yeah, we appreciate it, Larry. Thanks so much, and always, uh, always appreciate when our listeners call. So thank you, first and foremost. And, yeah, this was something that when uh, Senator Jim Abler was on my broadcast a few weeks ago, He, you know, he being a Republican senator and uh, John Hoffman, a Democrat out of Brooklyn Park area, it was a bipartisan thing. They came together and said, look, we don't have to label businesses as essential and non essential. Let's go by a different criteria here. Let's talk about businesses where you can maintain the social distancing guidelines and CDC guidelines that have been handed down. And can remain open. It can remain functional. And golf—that seems very obvious that you can maintain that proper social distancing, especially the way I hit golf balls. Uh, you could absolutely maintain more, well, more than six feet uh, <laughs> from any other golfers. It's been a long time since I've been on the course. I got to be perfectly honest with you. So, uh, but we appreciate it, Larry. And uh, yeah, best of luck to you this week, and uh, hope you uh, score well. And it—it uh, uh, it looks like it's going to be a nice. We're going to have maybe close to seventy middle of the week. So hopefully, you get that. Uh, Beautiful weather that uh, we so richly deserve after a long winter, that's for sure. Uh, I want to pick up where I left off last segment. I was talking about the Gorsuch confirmation and how the Democrats, when President Trump got a second nomination in Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, Democrats had no options. They had no options. Because the filibuster had been ended for Supreme Court nominees, it was, st- it was it had been in place since 2013 when then Majority Leader Harry Reid killed the filibuster for just uh, lower court nominees, all all federal court appointees except Supreme Court. Well, the Republicans felt that was precedent enough to nuke the Supreme Court filibuster, Supreme Court nominee filibuster. So then, when Trump had another nominee. The Democrats had no options, and yet they were just fit to be tied, saying we have to do anything, any way possible, get all the parliamentary experts we could possibly summon to figure out how we can stop the second nominee, uh, because they had no options. Well, then comes Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. She apparently knew Brett Kavanaugh 35 years earlier. Again, these confirmation hearings took place in the fall of 2018, so Christine Blasey Ford, when she was a 15-year-old, said Brett Kavanaugh, who was then 17 years old, sexually assaulted her at a house party, even though the closest people to her could not corroborate that she and Kavanaugh had ever met. But once again, we've come back to, oh, well, remember, all women are to be believed. Full stop. That's That's all we heard. All women are to be believed. Yeah, but we can't corroborate they're in the same... Nope, nope, doesn't matter. All women are to be believed. Yeah, but we don't know that even the ones closest to Christine Blazy for those who are supposed to corroborate her story, are saying that they don't remember those two even... Nope, nope, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All women are to be believed. Full stop. And it's amazing how the hypocrisy of this whole thing. And you had, obviously... There has to be a standard of due process. Am I say, I'm not saying I believe or disbelieve Dr. Ford, but from a legal standpoint, there has to be due process. And because 35 years had passed, even if there was a way to corroborate Dr. Ford's story, there was really no legal recourse. Could have passed the statute of limitations, but again, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to delegitimize Trump's Supreme Court pick, so he didn't have another nomination to the another appointment to the court. That was all that was. Well, it didn't work. Uh, Eventually, the uh, Republicans were able to get the nomination through, and it, it passed, I think, 50 to 48. There were two senators that didn't vote, so barely got through. And that just had progressives fit to be tied. Oh, Republicans are running roughshod over this Me Too movement. They don't care about a woman living in fear. This just this just validates everything we've been said, that powerful men are going to continue to get away with this kind of stuff. You know, all, all, all of that. Well, fast forward a year and a half, and I, and I mentioned last segment that Tara Reid, junior staffer for then-Senator Joe Biden in 1993, came out and said, yeah, Joe Biden sexually assaulted me. And you had these same people, many of the same people, who said Kavanaugh was not fit to be a Supreme Court justice because of these allegations, are now saying, well, you know, there are an awful lot of holes in Tara Reid's story. She's been kind of inconsistent in some of her statements. She said this happened and then this happened. Boy, she's been kind of inconsistent. Never mind the fact that there was zero corroboration from a story 35 years earlier, okay? They're willing to throw Tara Reid under the bus for allegations, Well, you know, 25, you know, 27 years ago. That's a long time. And she's, you know, she's kind of uh, stumbled over her story. She hasn't been consistent in her statements. Uh, you know, I I just, it just doesn't pass a smell test. You know what? I agree because it's, it's all about due process. It's all about corroborating evidence. But here's the thing. Here's the key distinction. There is an actual, provable, documented relationship between Tara Reid and Joe Biden. Incontrovertible. She was a junior staffer when he was a senator, U.S. senator. So you can at least substantiate a relationship. Whereas with Christine, Dr. Ford, and Brett Kavanaugh from 35 years earlier, no one, no one could substantiate that. No one could provide any corroboration whatsoever. So there's a very clear double standard here. Uh, Alexander DeSanctis wrote a terrific piece about that. At the uh, at National Review this past week, uh, when uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford came forward in 2018 with the claim that a teenage Brett Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted her, progressives revealed their unwillingness to accept a Me Too movement that didn't believe all women. Her story deserved investigation. But when all was said and done, it was problematic in several key aspects, among them that Ford couldn't produce anyone to affirm she and Kavanaugh had ever met. That she told no one about the alleged assault for decades and that she later gave conflicting accounts of what she believed had happened. None of those facts perturbed Kavanaugh's ideological opponents in the Democrat Party and the media. Armed with a fresh reason to take down a man they were already determined to reject. Again, that's the key distinction, as I said at the outset. They were pulling out all the stops. The Democrats knew they had zero options to stop Brett Kavanaugh. So this was this was a Hail Mary, nothing more. Uh, Senate Democrats put Kavanaugh through the ringer. Their journalistic allies helped them along the way by doing little to vet Ford's claims and giving airtime to far less credible accounts of his alleged sexual misconduct. Consider the New Yorker article by Ronan Farrow and Jane Meyer telling the story of Deborah Ramirez, who claimed that Kavanaugh had exposed himself to her at a party. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. I lost. I hate when this happens. I got so many tabs open and these <laughs> pop-ups come on. I lose my spot? I apologize for that, folks. We, we doing okay, okay is, over there, from working, <laughs> This is the perils of working from the home office. Sorry about that. Close those it. tabs. Come One on. One friend of Ramirez's told the New Yorker, this is a woman I was best friends with. We shared intimate details of our life. I've never told this story by her or by anyone else. It never came up. I didn't see it. I never heard it happening. Farrell and Mayer noted, noted too, that in her initial conversations with the New Yorker, Ramirez was reluctant to characterize Kavanaugh's role in the alleged incident with certainty. In fact, she was willing to go on the record only after six days of carefully assessing her memories and consulting with her attorney. Oh, convenient. She finally was able to get her story straight after consulting with an attorney. Convenient that. Uh, At which point, she felt confident enough of her recollections. Inexplicably... The article was published, so contrast that with reporting on Tara Reid's accusation against Biden. I guess from Alexander Sanctus, it has ranged from non-existent to shoddy. Almost unbelievably, Biden himself has yet to be asked about the allegation, nor have the many Democratic politicians who have endorsed him. See, this would be real easy. The at at the very least, these media members can come out and say, you know what. We're doing our due diligence. We asked Joe Biden, the accused, about these allegations, and he denies them. What What? what are we supposed to do here? They could have at least done it, But they haven't, even do, they haven't even done that. They haven't even asked him about it. That is the very basics of their job. Uh, the New York Times waited 19 days to the subject, and after publishing the piece, later removed a crucial line. The Times found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden beyond the hugs, kisses, and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. Seriously, that's what it said. The Times saw no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden, beyond the hugs, kisses, and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. That is a word-for-word account that was in the New York Times, but they later, of course, deleted that line. And then a Twitter account uh, deleted a tweet that I know had removed because of quote-unquote imprecise language. Unbelievable. Now, again, I said at The the media is always going to be completely in the tank for the Democrat candidate for president. I've seen it my entire adult life. Okay, because I've been following presidential politics my entire adult life because, well, I had some skin in the game. I was old enough to vote, obviously. But this is just this is a shameful hypocrisy. And they just feel like they could put up this word salad. Uh, wow. It was, you know, it, was, it was imprecise language. We apologize for that. And uh, uh, Dean he he's the executive editor at the time, said, well, you know, even though a lot of us, including me, had looked at it before the story went in the paper, I think that the campaign thought that the phrasing was awkward and made it look like there, was, there were other instances in which he had been accused of sexual misconduct. So they're doing the campaign's bidding now. That's basically what they're saying here, because the Biden campaign objected to this language and how it was being portrayed. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, as a common courtesy, we'll go and and and, tr- and, and switch that up. I mean, forget Trump. What would, would make would John McCain, Mitt Romney, George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, would any of them have received that same courtesy? Oh, remember 2008, Joe Biden? When it went, or not Joe Biden, John McCain, when he became the, uh, when he was jumped in the Republican race, and it was pretty apparent he was going to be the Republican nominee, the New York Times came out with a with an unsubstantiated claim that he had harassed a staffer on I don't know it was it a Senate campaign, presidential campaign, completely unfounded, but yet they went with it anyways because sources who contacted sources who contacted those sources said very very thin, but they ran with it. And John McCain, you better believe he he objected to it. But did they change it on his behalf? No. And John McCain wasn't exactly the typical Republican that the times went after. Okay, they were willing to hold him up because he criticized other Republicans. But the millisecond that he was in danger of taking out the chosen one, i.e. Barack Obama in 2008, out comes this uh, unsubstantiated piece that sources uh, who talk to sources talk to sources. This is unbelievable. (laughs) It's The new, the Times executive editor, basically saying the campaign thought the phrasing was awkward, so you know we kind of had to change it up a little bit. I, you know, I, I guess I should give them kudos. At least they're being honest about it. It's the campaign well, unbelievable. Just unbelievable. I wouldn't have believed it had, had I not read. <laughs> i not read it myself. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Dan from Invergrove Heights, says, if there's any way you can hold during the break, I promise we'll get to your call right away when we come back this very next segment. It'll be the final segment this hour right here, AM 1280 the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Yes, I'm broadcasting live, uh, not in the Patriot bunker, but from my home studio. But uh, we appreciate your contributions to the show, folks, and all the phone calls we're getting. And uh, look forward to talk, taking Dan's call when we come back on the other side, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere.
0: When you're diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, a million questions flood your mind. How can this be happening? Am I going to be able to work? What's a subtype? What do I do now? We know. We went through it too. But once you start to understand your options, you can partner with your doctor and find ways to face MBC on your own terms. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com and learn how to speak up and have a more informed conversation with your doctor. Some questions have answers. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com to find some of yours.
4: Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM-1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide.
6: In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they're really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's
5: validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do.
0: I'm really proud that we get to
5: help shape the future, and I know
0: that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers.
6: Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride, and they're just out there doing something every day and then serving their country as well.
0: I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture.
6: Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Paid non attorney spokesperson Fierce Nutschawati with principal office in Dallas, Texas is responsible for the content in this ad. Attention, women. If you or a loved one used talcum powder for at least four years and were then diagnosed with advanced stages of ovarian cancer or metastatic ovarian cancer before the age of 75, listen closely. You may be entitled to substantial compensation. Call 800 991 4422. Time is limited to file a claim and we'll have to pull your medical records. You must have been diagnosed with ovarian cancer within the last 10 years. You need an attorney on your side fighting for your rights. Call 800 800 One of the leading manufacturers of talcum powder has been ordered to pay millions of dollars in claims to the families of women who died of ovarian cancer. If you or a loved one used talcum powder for at least four years and were diagnosed with advanced stages of ovarian cancer or metastatic ovarian cancer that moved to other organs within the last 10 years, don't wait. Call 800-991-4422. That number again, 800-991-4422. Call 800-991-4422. Call right now. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at SocialSecurity.gov.
5: Produced at U.S. taxpayer
0: expense.
3: Welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. And as promised, we do want to get to our caller on the phone. It is Dan calling in from Invergrove Heights. Dan, I appreciate your patience. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
6: Oh, good afternoon, Brad. How are you? Great, thank you. Hello? Oh, good, good. I am here, sir. Brad. Awesome, Brad. So I I'm not trying to change gears, but I'm very curious about if you've heard anything um about the investigation of Phil Haney's death and and the status of his archived material. If it's gonna be able to, if somebody's gonna be able to pick up the torch and, and go and move forward with it and publish, you know, and get, get his book published posthumously.
3: Uh whose death, I'm sorry? Phil Haney. Oh Phil Haney had yeah. not heard anything about that.
6: Nothing. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I'm yeah. going on the Internet. I'm not seeing much past March 17th or something around that date. So, uh,
3: okay, okay. Further. Yeah, I right. appreciate the, uh, I, yeah, appreciate the uh, phone call, Dan. Yeah, Phil Haney was the uh, uh, whistleblower during the uh, uh, Department of uh, Homeland Security whistleblower during the Obama era, era and he was found, found dead, I guess, a couple months ago now. Um, you know, there's unfortunately deaths like that. There's always going to be a lot of conspiracy theories, so I haven't followed it that closely. Uh, so I apologize, Dan. I just am not as well versed on it as I'd like to be. And unfortunately, given <laughs> every all the news items that have come about, uh, over the past couple months, a lot of those things got lost. Remember, Jason, in early January, we were on the verge of World War III after Soleimani, the uh, Iranian general, was killed. Remember that? Yeah, we're, I mean, we've I'm glad we've taken a break from World War III to take on this COVID-19 pandemic. That's a good thing, right? I know, and I (laughs) I feel... It's
5: insane. It is, and I feel like the impeachment was back in, like, World War II era. Seriously, it's just... It seems like all of that is so far away just because of what we're dealing with in the present.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely true. I've I've talked to a lot of people about this. I mean, obviously, the COVID-19 really started to come and affect this country in mid-March, and, you know, things slowly but surely were starting to get shut down, and I remember... Uh, The night of March 30th, I remember saying, oh, thank God, tomorrow it's finally April. We're finally done with the month of March. Like, wait a minute, no, March has 31 days. We still got, I mean, March just drank on and on and on. And I I feel like April's gone by a little quicker because we've kind of adapted to a new normal. I'm working from my home office every day and obviously doing the show from the home office as well. So I've kind of established a new routine. So I feel like April's kind of uh, gone a little faster than March, but... Even April's kind of dragged on a little bit as opposed to other months. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy. So uh, we we appreciate the uh, call nonetheless, Dan. Thanks so much. Uh, I do want to finish up on the Joe Biden um uh allegations. Uh from the uh, file of a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. Uh Tide Pot of Vida, aka Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Uh, criticized the lack of mainstream discussion surrounding the recent sexual assault allegation against Joe Biden made by former Senate staffer Tara Reid, calling the situation a silencing of all dissent that amounted to a form of gaslighting. I think it's legitimate to talk about these things. And if we want, if we again want to have integrity... You can't say both believe women, support all of this, until it inconveniences you, until it inconveniences us. Ocasio-Cortez said in response to a question during an online conversation Tuesday night with The Wing, a networking and community space for women. And she's exactly right. First of all, where I differ with her on the philosophy in that believe all women, full stop, that's not realistic. There has to be a standard of due process in order to prove that sexual assault, sexual harassment took place. But she's absolutely right in calling out her own party on the hypocrisy of this. And we showed the examples in the previous couple of segments where Christine, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford alleged a sexual assault 35 years earlier, even though no one could corroborate the two were ever even in the same house ever at any point, but yet believe women full stop. But then Tara Reid, there was an actual documented relationship to Joe Biden is like, a eh, few too many holes in, in in her story for comfort. So, uh, while Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is right to call it her own party's hypocrisy, she's wrong in the approach. There absolutely has to be a standard of due process, and unfortunately that standard has not been met in a lot of cases. M12 of the, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in
7: mere moments. Go Nowhere. You're about to hear a commercial for a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister-in-law, and we've grown to be a faith-focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core, and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small, on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. A reality that often allows us to get you a better rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We or United Faith Mortgage at UnitedFaithMortgage.com.
4: United Faith Mortgage is a DB of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Park, Road, Melville, New York. Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
1: Relief factor. Pain relief that's natural. Pain relief that works. And pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. Uh, I've come from the doctor's clinic this morning. 28 staples out of my knee. And I am not taking painkillers. Why? Because I don't need to. I'm taking Relief Factor. Yes, it's a triple dose, but it doesn't have any negative side effects. And I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at ReliefFactor.com. And then order your three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety five. That's less than a dollar a day. That's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today go right now relieffactor.com relieffactor.com this is your opportunity to be the next success story
0: i can't believe we have to make this commercial
4: it's ridiculous
0: you'll think it's ridiculous too Listen to this.
4: This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events.
0: Ridiculous, right?
4: It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior.
0: So now there's a shortage of refs here in Minnesota. In almost all sports.
4: No officials means no more games.
0: Is that what you want for us?
4: Come on, parents.
0: It's time to grow up.
4: Cheer for your team.
0: Be proud of your children.
4: But stop being so ridiculous.
0: And don't make us run another commercial.
1: Because we will. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship.
4: AM 1280 the pay